set. Good morning. It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. A little cool, but so how about we start with the peace of Christ be with you. So if you will keep it reasonable, you can greet people around you. Um, but we don't want to be donging people back to attention. So just say good morning or wave or whatever you want to do, but go for it. All right, good job. You know, as soon as we uh, kick these variants out of the universe, then we'll be still saying, not too long. <laughs> um, for those of you who don't know me, or for those of you who are watching online, I'm Kathy Stengel, one of the pastors. And today is the day that we are celebrating All Saints Day. That is why the pastoral team is robed out of respect and honor for those who have gone before us. But let me think about this. Does being a saint in our lives require that a person has died? Did I hear a no? So then the question would be, well, what, what's the job description of a saint? How do you know? What makes a person a saint? Christ-like? Forgiving or forgiven? You know, sometimes I think about what and who some of the saints are in, in my life. And I think about the fact that um, on the, in the season almost 40 years ago when my mother made this robe, every stitch of it, every button, she didn't even know what ordination was. She didn't have a church connection. She believed in God with her whole heart, but she didn't really understand. Well, maybe no, neither did I, really. She didn't even get to come to the ordination. But when I put this on, and there's been years when it fit and years when it didn't, because back then there were no women's robes. The robes that we had available to us were um, academic, the kind of robes that do this. I didn't want one. I got enough of that. But this, the, the, the prayer and the love and the hopes that she sewed into every stitch of this makes her a saint to me. And her name won't be read because she died a long time ago. But she's still a saint in my life. And there are saints in your lives who maybe are still with us. Thank you, God, for those saints who live among us. May they continue to move and live and be saints to yet maybe another generation of people who are looking for people who are solid and loving, and who will walk with them even for just a little piece of their lives. Those are the people that we have gathered here because we are all either already saints or saints in the making. So with that, let's celebrate.
Good morning, church family. For those of you that don't know me, I am Steve Sosnowski, and my family consists of my wife, Kimberly, and my daughter, Caitlin. I was asked the question, why is PCUMC a part of my life, and are there saints of the church that have inspired me? When I came to Pendleton Center, I've been married for 13 years, and I had not been a member of any church since I was living in my parents' house as a teenager. My wife and I came from different denominations, and we both had a great desire to worship together as we were expecting a child and felt we needed to ensure a proper faith base for her, the same as we had both had in our lives. Some friends told us about PCUMC, and they were children friendly, and that we should check it out. My first experience was met by Peter standing at the door welcoming us, and by the time all the children had returned to their parents from Sunday school, and we heard, I don't care if this is your first time or if you are a member of this church, all are welcome at the table for communion. And ending with my dear departed friend Jim, God rest his soul, seeing that we were new faces and asked, where have you been all this time? We knew that we found our faith community. Our entry into ministry started with my wife joining the finance team and Jim talking me into the men's breakfast because, you know, who could say no to Jim? And before you knew it, I was cleaning up after fish fries and uh, with my daughter and contributing wherever I could. My daughter immediately got involved with Hot Chocolate with God and has progressed into a youth leader that helps with pretty much anything Miss Adrian asked her to do. I was asked to become a trustee a few years ago and after much prayer and consideration felt this is where I should use whatever talents I have, which are suspect at best. I can tell you beyond a shadow of a doubt, my family and I have had our faith nourished, with, which has enabled us to have the capacity to give of our time and our talents to help our church and in turn help others. My wife and I have said so many times as we were driving back and forth to trunk or treat or to cleaning up from fish fries or, or just returning from service after dropping Caitlin off for a, a youth meeting, that this was time well spent. This was a good use of the time we had available in the day and in the week. There are many who have inspired me in this journey, but there is one standout for me, and that is Mr. Rich Henderson, who is probably cringing right now at the mere mention of his name but as a longtime usher and chairman of the trustees, Mr. Henderson has quietly taken care of this facility, its membership, without ever looking for a minute of praise for any of his accomplishments. He has given countless hours over decades to answer the call time and time again, regardless of the circumstance or personal sacrifice. Rich has recently retired as our trustee chair, so please stop telling him about all the things that he needs to do and can only say these are shoes that just cannot be filled. Um, at this moment, I really think of the parable from Matthew 25 through 21, where it says, the master said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You are faithful with a few things, and I will put you in charge of many things. Enter the joy of your master. Rich, you gave of your talents and multiplied what you were given by giving and inspiring others to be better by your example. 
I can only hope when my time has passed, I will have done the same for someone to carry on in this ministry in the same, in the same way and in the name of our Lord. I would also like to express my gratitude to Sam Fulby, who has also recently retired and also fits that same mold. There are no words to express our appreciation for all that you have done for us. Your contributions will live on through the good this church will pay forward for generations to come. God bless you both. We can talk about growth through change and experiencing new things and especially watching those that have contributed so much move on to a different and new part of their life. And sometimes it's nice to bring out an old friend, something that feels familiar that reminds us of the good old days. So we're going to start the service today with this is the day that the Lord has made. So if you would stand. Pastor Kathy was talking about saints, and one definition that I ran across was that a saint is anyone who believes that Jesus Christ is Lord. So all of us in this room singing together with those that have gone before us and all others who believe brings about just a great triumphant joy. So our first song is for all the saints.
We are called to be the hands and feet of Christ in the world, and this church is certainly known for their mission. So today's mission moment is from Serve Niagara, and we have a video for you to watch. Hi everyone, Jennifer D'Andrea from Serve Niagara. Thank you for inviting me in again this year to talk about my organization, Serve Niagara, and its mission. You all have supported us in our previous missions with our housing for homeless and disabled veterans, as well as Thanksgiving and Christmas outreach. We're here again this year to ask for your support in helping us with our Christmas mission that has just gotten so big since we started and last time we saw you. Last Christmas, we provided for over 800 veterans and their family members in Niagara County. Our mission is only Niagara County veterans, so that should tell you how big this outreach is. In our outreach for holiday time, we provide ham dinners to every single family, Christmas trees if needed, wreaths, poinsettias, winter coats, boots, and other items for the children that we get a wish list for. You can find our wish list and pictures and other information on our holiday outreach program on our website, serveniagara.org, and also on our Facebook page. You'll be able to see what we have done over the years. Every year we've gotten bigger, and with over 800 people last year, we're really scared for this Christmas. We could really use your support in supporting this mission, not just in donations, but with time, with helping to deliver to local families. And also, if you know of any veteran in this community that could use a little extra help this holiday season, please let us know. Again, you can find the information on our website. There's an actual form that you can download and you can submit a request for family assistance. Thank you again in considering Serve Niagara and helping us reach our mission in Niagara County for veterans and their families. Happy holidays.
God, accept the gifts of our hands, the faith and love that's in our hearts. May you multiply it so that we may go and share your work in the world. In your name we pray. Amen. morning, church. Let's unite our hearts together as we come before God in prayer. Loving God, we do come today with grateful hearts, hearts we lift before you with those names that have meant so much, those faces that come to mind when we think of what it means to have encountered a saint, the ways in which those hands have blessed our lives, whether they cared for us when we were sick whether they helped us when we had a problem, whether they taught us something new, whether they gave us that sage advice. But Lord, there are so many. Your gift to us that is the body of Christ, the way in which we see you shine through so many different faces. Lord, our hearts are full, our hearts are blessed as we consider all of those who have touched our lives in these ways. As we have sung this morning, we are just so grateful to know that the promise on which they have based their lives has been kept, and they rest with you now. Lord, as we come this morning, we are also mindful of all the ways in which you call us to carry on that work, the ways in which you have sent us into the world to spread your news, to give your love to those who do not understand to help those who feel lost, alone, or those who are in need to encounter the love of God through human hands. So Lord, help us to hear your voice. Help us to follow your spirit as you call us and lead us to those moments where we too would live as they have given us their example. Lord God, we're also mindful today of those who need so much whether it's your healing touch, whether it's your provision, whether it's your wisdom to help them with decisions, or whether it is the healing that goes to a broken heart that has lost in some way. Lord God, we know that you know all things, but we as your children, we as your people, we as your church here on earth come before you today on behalf of those we know and those we love because they are hurting and they are in need. Help us to see what your plan is. Help us to know what your will is. Help us to speak your word and live your word for all those who need it so desperately. And as we come today, Lord, most of all, we give you thanks and praise for who you are, for the ways in which you continue to show us love, the ways you continue to give us of yourself, that you are our light in the darkness, you are our strength in the trial, you are indeed the one true God. And knowing these things, with all of this on our hearts, we give you thanks in the name of the one who makes all things possible, Jesus the Christ. Amen.
We come now to light candles representing some of those we have lost in this past year. I invite you to have and to hold in mind maybe those whose names are not read because we don't have them on our list. It doesn't mean we care about them any less. We ask that we also hold in our hearts as we light these candles the losses that don't have names, losses of jobs, of hopes, of marriages, losses of good sense of what life is about, the loss of family, the loss of what things used to be. So we light candles reflecting on that which, is, which God has given us and that which goes before us. James Clayton Accord, John Becker, Marilyn Bean, Mary Biley, Jeff Biondo, Candy Blaskovich, Cheryl Bliss, Nancy Bordis, Robert Cappen, Mark Delavac. Robert Demig, Sandra Elpers, Esther Flatling, Terry Fritz, Alita Green, Norm Houseconnect, Howdy Heidi Holm, Rejmahini Hudeki, Alice Insalako, Leroy Johnson. Michael Kubiak, Marie Ladowski, Angelo Laporta, Kathleen Maud, Bill Murray, Michael Lashimbin, Milt Nelson, Felicia Nazerski, Vincent Pizzino, David Arthur Pritchard. Barbara Jane Pritchard, Beverly Pullen, Mark Richardson, Evelyn Riffle, David Riggs, Sadie Lynn Robertson, George Sanford, 
Herbie Schmeider, Maxine Seidenspinner, Francine Setter. Jane Smith, Sean Snow, Virginia Snyder, Patrick Stam, Jim Stowitzki, Evelyn Trombino, Jennifer Vara, Jenny Wolfield, Stacy Wyatt. May the Lord hold all these families and all they represent in care and love and in good news of Jesus Christ. We're Kelly and Dan Putney. Hi, everybody. And Pastor Kathy asked us to talk for just a few moments about why Pendleton Center is important to us and our family. Dan and I were both raised in church. Our parents brought us up in the faith. But as we got to be adults and we got married, we had a choice to make. And so we, we decided to come to Pendleton Center. So before the kids were born, we were actually out on a bike ride one afternoon and came across Pendleton Center. And um, it was a church that we just thought we would try the next Sunday, and we absolutely loved it. Um, in fact, we ended up moving um, two miles closer to the church than we were before. Um, but we have absolutely loved everything about Pendleton Center um, as we raised our kids in the church. They're now sophomores in college. Um, it was just a great place to be. It really was. It's a place that I think all four of us in our family would say is our second home. And the members of the church and those who've gone before us as well, our family. Um, I think if I had to equate Pendleton Center with something, it would be family. And I'm so grateful that that's where we raised our kids and hopefully we'll continue to be there for many years to come. We've had wonderful experiences. Um, Dan was just mentioning as we were thinking about this that the best thing is that we got involved in various ministries and formed relationships with people and really just got comfortable being at church and talking about our faith and really living out what God wants us to do. And I think the biggest part of it was getting involved. You know, Kelly's always done the choir for the last 20 years or 18 years. And for me, that meant um, you know, moving chairs and um, getting donuts and doing all the fun things uh, that came along with that. But the reality is I was involved. And I think as we look, whether it was Cub Scouts and Boy Scouts, I see you out there, Phil Bova. Um, it, it's just been a great thing um, for our family. 
And the last thing that Pastor Kathy asked us to speak about is all the people that have influenced us and been mentors of the faith over the years. And we struggled with that because there's so many of you, many of you probably sitting in the sanctuary when this video airs, and we would probably be remiss and not remember everybody to thank and talk about those who've gone before. But there is one person that I think kind of epitomizes just the personality of our church. When Dan and I were new members, I had the chance to speak to Olive Burbage, and I hope she's here when we're showing this video on this Sunday morning. But she told me about why she's been coming to church and why it's so important to her. And the thing that I remembered most was that she talked to me about how she greets people when they come to our church. Even though she's been there for so, so many years, when she sees somebody new or somebody who hasn't been there in a while, she said, I just like to say hello, welcome, and we're glad you're here. I don't say to them, why haven't you been here for a month? Or how come I haven't seen you since last summer? In her own sweet way, she just says, we're glad that you've joined us, welcome, and I hope to see you again next Sunday. And that just really stuck with me over the years. So she is one of many saints who have mentored us and influenced us, and we love them all. We love Pendleton Center, and we're so thankful for this church and this congregation. Thanks, everybody. Before I start reading this, I have to say that I second the motion from Kelly and Dan about Holly. She's been so much a part of Chet's in my life. She's been instrumental in keeping our faith going, and we love her. Today's reading is for the from the Gospel of Mark, verse, chapter 12, verses 38 through 44. As he was teaching, he said, Watch out for the legal experts. They like to walk around in long robes. They want to be greeted with honor in the markets. They long for places of honor in the synagogues and at banquets. They are the ones who cheat widows out of their homes and to show off they say long prayers. They will be judged most harshly. Jesus sat across from the collection box for the temple treasury and observed how the crowd gave their money. Many rich people were throwing in lots of money. One poor widow came forward and put two small copper coins worth a penny. Jesus called to his disciples, called his disciples to him and said, I assure you that this poor widow has put in more than everyone who's been putting money in the treasury. All of them are giving out of their spare change. But she, from her hopeless poverty, has given everything she had, even what she needed to live on. This is the word of our Lord. Thanks be to God. 
Thank you, Carol. It is a day and a time to think about those who were a part of getting us to where we are. And on some days, there might be a sense when you're asked that question and you look around and you're like, yeah, look where I am. Because maybe you're not as happy with where you are as where you would like to be. But the reality is, is that we always have with us and among us the people who have inspired us, the people who have helped us to get up in the morning and face another day, whether it's truly facing another day or whether it is coming with thanks and joy into a day that the Lord has given us. What is the importance? In the Catholic Church, there's an understanding of saints that is very different from the Protestant Church. The good news is we get to give anybody saint status. They don't have to go through a process. But on the other hand, there will never probably be a statue. Um, And we come to this place and we look at this scripture and yes, I'm wearing a long robe, but I'm not uh, one of the people that Jesus is talking about. And as we are in this place, in this time, in the year, as the year is unfolding and we're coming, take a deep breath towards the end of the year, it's a chance to reflect and say, where am I? Who am I? And what am I doing with my life, with my gifts, with my talents, with my family, if I have one? And we think about this widow who was very likely someone who was loved and well cared for by a husband and possibly a family, who finds herself in this chapter of life, and maybe you've heard this before, but widows in the time of Jesus had no status. It just didn't mean that they had a bad status, they just had no status. Um, They were without a place to live. Because when their husband died, then the husband's home would go to his family. And the widow would then live with children or relatives, whoever would take them in. So is the lesson with this widow about emptying your pockets, giving all that you have, even that which you need to live on? Or is it a passage that is about Jesus seeing a woman? She wasn't parading in front of everybody. If he hadn't been sitting where he was, he wouldn't have known what she put in to the offering. But he saw her. And throughout Scripture, one of the things we notice is that there are times when Jesus sees someone that nobody else sees. Jesus sees the person with leprosy, the prostitute, the person who's been waiting for years and years to get taken into the pool for healing. Jesus sees those who are wondering, and he often speaks with them. The woman at the well. Culture and society would have said, oh, no, you don't go there talking to that woman. She's one of those. 
women. Jesus saw her, sat with her, spoke with her, forgave her. Jesus saw the widow who had, with her husband going, lost so much of what she had. Jesus sees us. So often people go through this life and they're not seen. They sort of come through and go and don't make a fuss and don't draw attention to themselves and therefore are sometimes not seen. What's happening in their lives is sometimes not seen. And you think, Jesus, he knew she was a widow because he said so. He said that she brought these two coins that were what she would use to pay for her life, the rent, the whatever it is that she's paying for food. He didn't just see her. He didn't just visually see her. He knew her. When we journey through this life, where so many phases, we have children, we have teenagers, young adults, uh, the great middle, um, and then people who are in the experienced generation. Just leave it with that. And we think about how do we both honor and look at the saints in our lives and hold them with esteem. One of the things that if you hear me preach at a funeral or memorial service, one of the things that you'll hear me say is that while God has brought into his arms and keeping the one who has gone before us, what about the rest of us? What about the ones who are still living? And there's a couple of things. One is we keep telling the stories. That's what I shared with my daughter and her family. Keep telling the stories because these little boys might not remember, so keep telling them the stories of their grandfather. Keep telling the fishing and building and fixing and all of those kinds of things. That's how we keep a person alive. Walk with others the way you have been walked. You, looked at the, you look at the saints in your life, and what did you learn from them? What have you learned from those who have gone before you? Was the way that they lived a way that you maybe when they died, you thought, I wish I was more like? Or they would be so glad if I did what? How is it that we carry on the work of the saints? I recently had the opportunity to be with a family when someone who'd reached the wonderful age of 94 was facing the end of her life. And she was in the Alzheimer's unit in a nursing home. She didn't necessarily recognize or know people but still we gathered. We were sitting vigil because we felt like her life on this earth would end soon. So there was talking and storytelling, some of the things that during COVID we would have done anything to have because that's what you do. And it got long. So pretty soon there started singing 
there started singing like Jesus Loves Me, uh, Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star, you know, just songs that the children were picking. And then somebody, one of her sons, wandered to the activity room and brought back songbooks. And then pretty soon we're singing Amazing Grace and How Great Thou Art and Nearer My God to Thee. And we watched as this 94-year-old, her breathing calmed. She rested peacefully in her bed. But as you heard, it was all the generations. How does a child learn that faith is comforting? They learn it by not being taught it, but by experiencing it. How does a child learn about mission? It's because they see people do it. They see people and they wonder if mom's baking, is there something going on at church? Are you taking that to the church? For, or if a man is baking, just happens a man in my life doesn't bake. But, or if they see, you know, extra boxes of macaroni and cheese and hamburger helper, whatever the case might be, they, they just assume that that's going to church. And then they're like, yeah, it's not for us. No, nope, not for you. But how does a person learn how to serve, how to give? That, you know, when I was a child and we were sent down to the church in the little, little town and my parents gave us a quarter to put in the offering plate. How do children learn that part of what we're called to do is give? By seeing it. And they might not see their parents they might see one of you, one of the adopted grandparents, one of the adopted uh, important people in their life. They may see you put a prayer request or an envelope in those boxes. They might see you with a, an Operation Christmas Child box, and they learn to know what that is for. They might see you. You might tell them, I'm going to a trustees meeting or a finance meeting. Now, those are not the only ways that people do things. It just happens that we've heard about the choir, about finance, Boy Scouts, trustees, and things like that, and we've heard about some of the heroes of our faith. God never called us to give our last two coins that add up to be a penny that's even what we need to live on. Jesus called the young man to give everything that he had, sell it to the, and give the money to the poor. Why? Because Jesus knew he couldn't do it. And Jesus wasn't going to take with him on a journey someone who was going to get three miles down the road and decide it was too hard and, and go back. It's not about emptying your bank account. It is about giving. But it's all of us. It's our gifts, our talents, our ties, our service, our mission, and our witness. And the church and the missions that we support depend on us. So I think about the stable growing over here, the manger developing around here with the boxes. I think about soon in a number of weeks, the um, angel tree gifts will be all in the back and people will be going back and forth and putting this here and there and all doing all of those things. 
I think about our staff and our church being supported by who you are, by your prayers, by your presence here, and by how you decide, not the how you're going to be a saint, because I don't think people are born thinking, you know, I want to be a saint at church. Someday I want them to light a candle for me. We just learn how to grow up from the people around us. You are the people around us. You teach and inspire me and the rest of the pastors and the staff. May we do so with each other. And may we recognize that our lives, even in their brokenness, our lives of abundance, lives of faith, and lives of thanksgiving, my prayer and my hope is that we will live that way. That those will be the ways that people look at our lives. Not like Christian, 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 Christian. Just by doing what it means to be a person of faith. And that's going to be different for you than for me. And different for you than the person sitting next to you. And different for you than someone who's in junior church. Not all the same. We don't all pray the same. We sure don't all look the same. We don't all do the same work. Some make pies. Some help with children. Some do boxes. Some go to Bible study. God says, this is what I have created. And this foundation, this very floor upon which we stand, has been built by those who have gone before us. May we live in gratitude and in hope and in joy. We've heard much today about what it means to be a part of God's family, what it means to be a part of a church. As we consider what it means to receive from God and to be connected to God in these ways, let us ready our hearts as we prepare to come to God's table. Our liturgy today will have much that is familiar in it, but it will have some parts that are different because of what we celebrate today. So open your hearts and let's be mindful as we come to the Lord's table. When we gather at the table, we enter the realm of God's time in our remembering, where past, present, and future are one. We remember the past and are hosted by all those saints who came before us. When we remember the present through Christ's call, we spread the banquet of love to all. We remember the future and the promise of Jesus to be with us always. And so it is that this morning, we remember with love those whose love of God lifted us. We give thanks for their hospitality, the tables they set for us, and the gifts they gave to us. And we said, they said, we give glory to God with them today. It is through their witness 
that we have tasted and we've seen the goodness of God. We confess that at times we forget that we too will be the ancestors of those to come. We sometimes think only of ourselves, whether our own plates will be full, whether our own plates will be met. In this silence, let us lift up to God the regrets of our hearts, opening ourselves to the grace of God that calls us to love our neighbors. Hear the good news. Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. And that proves God's love toward us. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and a good and joyful thing always and everywhere to give thanks to you, Almighty God, the creator of heaven and earth, the God of Abraham and Sarah, the God of Miriam and Moses, the God of Joshua and Deborah, the God of Ruth and David, the God of the priests and the prophets, the God of Mary and Joseph, the God of the apostles and the martyrs, the God of our mothers and our fathers, God of our children to all generations. And so with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Holy are you and blessed is your son, Jesus Christ. By the baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection, you gave birth to your church, delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. And on the night in which he gave himself up for us, Jesus took bread. He gave thanks to you. He broke the bread. And he gave it to his disciples, and he said, Take and eat. This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And the supper was over. He took the cup. He gave thanks to you. And he gave it to his disciples, and he said, Take and drink from this, all of you. For this is my blood, sign of the new covenant, which is poured out for you and for many, for the forgiveness of sins. Every time that you drink this, do this in remembrance of me. And so in remembrance of these, your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ has risen. Christ will come again. Pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and cup 
Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ, that we may be for the world the body of Christ, redeemed by his blood. Renew our communion with all your saints, for saints no longer with us, especially those whom we have honored here, for the saints now living among us, whose gifts with their presence in our lives, and for saints who will come after us, continuing your good news into the future. By your spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other and one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit and in your holy church, all honor and glory is yours, almighty God, now and forever. Amen. And let's pray together the prayer Jesus taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Those who are serving today, please come forward. your first time, or whether you have done this several times, that you are welcome at the Lord's table. 
Because remember, communion is not about whether you are worthy or whether you feel like you deserve it. Communion is about who God is and what God has done for you. So please let the Spirit move in your heart and receive God's gift to you in this special meal. As the Spirit moves you, you go to the center, come down, receive the elements, and then exit by the side aisles. There is a gluten-free station here on your far right. And so as the Spirit moves, we'll move from the front towards the back. Please come and receive God's gift.
Gratitude is a really powerful thing. I think it's in the awareness of our many blessings and those that have influenced us along the way that we tap in and find a way to give of ourselves in new and different ways. The author of our closing hymn was called the Consecration Poet because she lived her life to submit to the will of God. So I invite you to stand as we sing, Take My Life and Let It Be. Take with you the thoughts, the hopes, the dreams of those who have gone before you. Take his love 
and let it be the love of the world. Take his light and may it show you and others the path and go knowing that the Holy Spirit has already gone where you're going and you will never walk alone.